This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Think Robin the Duke fan was having a big time last night? We haven't heard from Robin in months. I mean, I thought of him last night. I bet hey, he was. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Wes, how you doing? Hey. Uh, I bet he was losing his mind last night. Huh? You know Robin the Duke fan had well, to be I thought for it. sure we'd hear from Robin after they lost to Carolina. Maybe after they lost the ACC turn to Virginia Tech. I think he was hanging low. I, Do you? I, I think Been laying low a while, hasn't he? I, I think the North Carolina loss at Kay's last home game, I think that was He's going to wait till they win the Natty. I think that was a severe blow. And then the ACC tournament was kind of a, hey, we got thumped by the Hokies, and that didn't look good. And <laughs> I think I think Robin, and being the experienced Duke fan that he is, and loyal, Yeah, I think well, he's decided loyal. I'm just going to stay low, and this Texas Tech thing is going to be a little nervous. And it was it's a great game. Yeah, but but I thought of him last night because I hey. could see him just punching. How do you like, think that go? Hey, hey, when Duke slapped the floor hey, last night, went hey, old school. Hey. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Robin, the Duke fan, lost it. Last I bet night. Robin's been upset. Freddie Freeman got traded. The whole bit. Big Braves guy too. That's oh. the end of Freeman's career. Yeah, <laughs> never hear from him again. Blue Devils were five point winners last night out in San Francisco. Uh, boy, beautiful Chase Center, isn't it? God, that arena's gorgeous. Never been there. I, it just looks nice on television. I know where the, I've never been I know there. where the best baseball park in America is right down the street. Yeah, yeah. I do know that. Yeah, no I've been question. there yeah. multiple times. Yeah, late night with the Greek. For World Series. Garlic fries, is that it? Garlic fries. Not on my diet be right coming now. Off that, be coming off that program the minute Boy. you hit the gates at that Dude, place, wouldn't things, you? Let me tell you something. When you walk around that Willie Mays Park there, you could smell the garlic coming out of the fries on that. Oh, <laughs> so good. They're unbelievable. <laughs> it takes no time. Friends, by the way, pancakes. Just, just like this. I got Amish him pancakes. Terminal Market with C.L. Brown in Philadelphia. Oh, he was already yeah, thinking about must. the Amish pancakes. Must. Now I got him on garlic fries. At, what is it? Pac Bell Park? Yeah. Ticket Com well, Park? Keep, what is it? We keep changing it. Yeah. People keep running. Wherever the Giants play baseball. We got the. Uh, Can we go Portillo's in Chicago? Yeah. Oh, the Commish. Oh, the Commish was in San Francisco last night. He'll be in Philly tonight. He's How about the, the commission? He's the man. He is the man. Got By him. the way, somebody uh, sent me an email last night at 2 in the morning. Yes. Pack, if the ACC wins all three of these games, when's the last time a conference ever had three teams in the Elite Eight? And I hated to write this guy back and go, <clears throat> last uh, year. Last year. Pack 12 Pack 12 yeah. So, I mean, before you go crazy, right? Yeah. I'm just saying. Has that ever happened before? Oh, yeah. A year ago. Mm-hmm. Pack 12 did it. I don't think the AC the ACC has had two teams in the Final Four. I don't think they've ever had three. No, Big East did. Big East did. That's right. In 1985, is that that game? Yeah, Villanova ends up beating Georgetown. Georgetown, Villanova, St. John's, John's, Memphis, Memphis, and the great Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Yep. Dana Kirk in Lexington, Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Yep. Yeah. What could possibly have gone wrong with Memphis there? That was the first time I ever saw Rupp Arena. And uh, you were like, what? I was lost. We were walking through a mall and like all of a sudden you walked in the Rupp. I was like, what? This yep. can't be Rupp Arena. Yep. And it was. But what a cool place for a game though, man. Yeah. Love Rupp. Yeah, we'll talk about, uh, maybe we, we, next week we'll get to some final You know what's cool stories. about Rupp? Huh? When you walk in that joint, like I said, you look up and you go. Whew. That's a lot of them. These dudes have won some serious hardware in this mm-hmm. joint now. I'm just telling you. That's what I like. Yeah. You walk into the Smith Center. You look first up. First thing you, you do, go, you look Ooh. up. 
Yep. Look at the names. Look at the titles. Walk into Cameron Indoor, you look up. Same thing at UCLA. Oh, you go, you go to Pauley Pavilion? No doubt. A few years ago, the Falcons practiced against the Rams. The, they were playing a playoff game with the Rams, and they practiced at UCLA. You stuck your head inside Pauley Pavilion. No, you looked I, up. Did you see it after they renovated it? No. It's it was, beautiful yeah, now. I heard. It's but gorgeous. Sucked my head in there and looked up, and I went, whoa, boy. No, it's sweet. It's you, like Carolina, you, Duke, Kansas. You, Kansas you walk is in one. Allen Fieldhouse. I'm telling you, it gives you chills. Yeah, I, that's why I'm obnoxiously brutal towards Cinderella. I don't like her. I don't. Don't take it personally because she ma'am. wouldn't go out with you in high school. No, don't take it personally, yeah. man. But I'm glad when they escort you out the building this time of the year. Yeah, I do. I root for you to get lost. But, well, the good thing is we don't have Cinderella in the ACC. Nor do we have them in the Sweet 16. Well, some people would say, hey, a double-digit seed getting to a Final Four. Well, Miami's not really Miami doesn't Cinderella. feel like it, no. and neither does Iowa State. No, I agree with that. St. Peter's, you Pac go. thinks your time is up. You, I, however, okay. I'm buying a little bit tonight. I'm well, buying what I'm gonna a do. little bit of the Peacocks tonight. I tell you what, while you're out there chipping and putting in the dark, getting ready for your 36 uh, holes of golf tomorrow while I'm watching basketball, yeah. I'm going to call you tonight when St. Pete's getting absolutely <laughs> woodshedded. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. Uh, let's review quickly Oakland last night. Oh, Oakland. Sorry. San Francisco. Excuse me. San Francisco. That is insulting. My apologies to the uh, co-host. It, that's um, insulting. Chase, <laughs> Chase Center last night. Duke 78, Texas Tech 73 is the final. Oakland. Uh, last eight and a half minutes, the Blue Devils locked down as good offensively as they've been in any stretch, I think, all year long. Uh, the other thing is a little zone from Coach K last night might have been the elixir to uh, shake Mark Adams' club in the five-point victory. And now we get Duke-Arkansas. Duke and Arkansas. Again, as we talk with Jay Billis at 8 o'clock, I sense a lot of carryover here. I sense a lot of schematic similarities, things like that. Now, I will say this about Arkansas. They pack a wallop with one guy. J.D. Note is a Ooh. scorer. But he will take his reps to get his points. Last night, as Jay noted, he shot it 29 times to beat Gonzaga. I just love the way Arkansas defends, though. And, and you know, it's a Ar- flashback to the old days. It, well, I mean, the 40 minutes of hell with Nolan Richardson, but they, they, they will defend you, they will get after you at the rim. Yep. Williams is great inside, too. Um, and, and Arkansas kind of reminds me of North Carolina and not the way they play. Right. But the way they've turned their seasons around, right? Mm-hmm. Arkansas got off to a lousy start in their league. Right. And they've been on fire. In fact, you could say, no disrespect to the Auburns and Kentuckys of the world, the higher seeds that didn't last long, that Arkansas has been their most consistent team. And there's some Tennessee fans are going to go, hey, Pac, we won their conference. I got it. But Tennessee's on the couch. Arkansas isn't. But Arkansas has been really, really good. Uh, about the last 22 games, 22, 23. Right. Kind of reminds me of North Carolina where we were like, man, what do we make of the heels mm-hmm. here in January? Are, are they a tournament team in early February? And now you look back and you go, well, what were we having those conversations about? They turned it around. They've gotten better. But Duke, Arkansas, uh, you know, the other thing too is the emotion, Wes. Sure. And if you watched the games live last night, Arkansas knocking off the overall number one seeded team in the tournament. The celebration afterwards, it almost felt like, not that that was the finish line, because Arkansas was in the Elite Eight last year. This is a right. real, Musselman's a great coach, right? Big time. But the, the celebration part of that last night was like, hey, guys, you, you know, you do have another game, regardless who wins this next one. Yeah. 
And so they emotionally are going to have to kind of get rejuvenated today to get ready for tomorrow night. And for Duke, the physicality of their game against Texas Tech, I got news for you. Round two comes up tomorrow night. It is going to be 40 minutes of the same thing because Arkansas will defend you. Yep. And they I, will get after And I think that's where the similarities for last night might kick in in the preparation for Arkansas. Uh, and that's why I mentioned to you earlier the amount of minutes played by the starters last night for Duke. 30, 34, 35, 37, 37 minutes. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's where Coach K, the brilliance of going to the zone, just to, hey, you know, the grinding of the man-to-man, hey, can we just get a couple minutes disrupt the game and keep our legs fresh yeah really important move last night by k here is coach k after the ball game about his team you said it better than me you said it better than me that trace that's what that's what it's so good as a coach when it's not nothing coaching it's just that grit and that determination paulo a couple of his moves where you could see it on his face, saying, holy mackerel, that's the guy. I coached that guy. Holy mackerel. And the slap on the floor, what, what the hell? Yeah, why not? Yeah, and, uh, and our, guys wa- our guys really wanted that because it's kind of like uh, across the bridge to the brotherhood, you know, like they... They can now say they did that. Hopefully they can say that again, at least on Saturday. 849 tomorrow night, number four Arkansas, number two Duke on TBS, by the way. TBS has the uh, Elite Eight, Final Fours, the whole nine from right out here. So I'm fired up. I'm ready for the game tonight. Mm-hmm. I am. I think North Carolina, South Carolina on the women's side could be fun. Uh, then we get down and dirty around 9.30 tonight with two ACC teams, Miami and North Carolina, doing their thing. I don't know how much time you got during the course of the day. If you want to get a really good measure of Arkansas at a high level, uh, you want to go back and look for the Auburn game in Fayetteville in early February. I thought that was one of the five or ten best college basketball games of the year. Great game, overtime game. Auburn's number one in the country. Arkansas plays it at 94 feet. They defend it. It's 80-76. Uh, I went back to look this up. It's an 80-76 final on February the 8th. And it's the kind of game where you saw J.D. Note kind of take over, but you also saw, and you mentioned Jalen Williams. I think he's a smart big man, too. I agree. I like him. And that tomorrow for Mark Williams is going to get interesting. I think Duke ends up in the zone again. I mean, you're talking about an Arkansas team that shoots 30% from three. Well, that's the thing. Arkansas has not shot the ball well at all Mm -hmm. in this tournament. I mean, they, they survived a couple games early to Mexico State and Vermont. Uh, but, yeah. hey, the object's to win the game, Wes. It doesn't have to be pretty. You get the yeah. W, you move on. And that's exactly what we're going to get with Duke and Arkansas. It'll be only the third time they've hooked up in the NCAA tournament. J.D. Note has 231 more field goal attempts than the next closest guy on the roster. <laughs> he likes to shoot. He He's a great player. No question. Got great speed. Now, keep in mind, you know, Duke's guards had a hard time keeping North Carolina's guards in front That's of him. Yep. When he met in Cameron, I got news for you. that You're going to get a dose of that tomorrow night in San Francisco. All right, kids. Uh, when we come back, speaking of shooters, catch and shoot, Darren Mabry will be here. Notre Dame getting after it in the 
Sweet 16 on the ladies' side against NC State. We will talk to Dara next from Bridgeport on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Hey, don't forget lacrosse on ACC Network. A busy weekend on the network. Why do you see the weekend menu, kids? Bojangles. Uh, number 10, Notre Dame. Number 3, Virginia. That's pretty good. Of course, if it's lacrosse and it's on the men's side, or the ladies, good chance it's in the top 10. Irish or Coach Cargan. The Cavaliers or Coach Tiffany. 1 o'clock, ACC Network streaming live on the ESPN app. There you have it. All right, it's time for a debut on the show. That's right. Dara Mabry makes her Packer and Durham debut to this That's program. That's exactly right. Wow. And does it from the uh, tropical port of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Right, Dara? All tropical in Bridgeport this time of year, I'm guessing? Right. It's it's beautiful and sunny out. There's no rain, <laughs> and it's super warm. We got the air quotes. Did you see the air quotes? We got no. the air quotes on beautiful. Your attitude from South Bend is not going to be acceptable in Connecticut, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, first of all, congratulations on the way you guys are playing. Holy mackerel. 108. Thank are you. you kidding me? What, what was, was that, that all yeah. about? <laughs> what was 108 about? That was nuts, right? 108 points the other night? Yeah, it was it was wild, but at the same time, we know what we're capable of. Um, when you have a bunch of players in uh, double figures, it definitely you can feel it on the court. We felt the difference um, at one point. You know, like when we were huddling, it's usually like um, other things like X's and O's or like defensive mechanisms. And every time we came to the huddle, we were just like, just keep doing what we're doing. Um, and at the end of the game in the locker room, there was like a period of silence, and we were like, wow, like. We really just put up 108 on somebody else's floor. Um, but it was it's really motivating because now we're really confident going into the Sweet 16. All right, so I got, I got this down, I think, right? You averaged nine per game in the regular season. You're averaging 24 in the tournament. So you, you kind of enjoy the postseason, I'm going to guess? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> is that simple? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, when – when you're a shooter like that, you know, I spent a lot of time in the gym um, leading up to this tournament, obviously in the past two, um, but it's a different feel going into March. And um, when you see, when you see the things that you rep uh, in practice, outside of practice come to life as a player, it makes you feel really good. Um, and when I, when I let the first one go, I missed my first one. I didn't care. I knew I was going to take the next one. You know, I, I'm sensing this is your first appearance with us. I'm sensing the basket is the size of this table right now to you. Would that be an accurate description? Yes, that would be 100% accurate. Isn't that a great feeling? Like, like you just know, hey, this is going in. It's just going to go in. Doesn't matter. Yeah, and you know, to the a shooter's perspective of it. You have to shoot every one like it's going in because if you don't, like, and you second guess yourself, like on that one, you guys just showed right there. I wasn't thinking, no hesitation, just pulled it. And chances are, when you have that mindset and that confidence, it's going to go in. So this is like being in the backyard, right? I mean, it's like you know, you know every spot on the, on the driveway, and you just know, hey, you want this bank, you want this swish, you want the left rim. I mean, you, it's it's got to be an awesome feeling to know that on the biggest stage right now, you are in the zone. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and everything that I worked for growing up, um, it was hard. It was tough, you know, having two sisters. But now I'm just I'm living up to it. Um, and I, I wouldn't want to do it at any other place besides Notre Dame. Dara, it's interesting because I went and looked at your career numbers. You played 116 college games. 65% of your field goal attempts are from behind the line, and nobody should be surprised at that. And the quick math this year, and Packer says, and i got to be careful with quick math, that's the rate this season. I mean, the rate this season's just under 69%. So you kind of got the reputation of being somebody that's a catch-and-shoot three. Or, But you're talking more about the confidence and the continuity of it and the thing I'm most curious about is when that first one didn't go down and then you knew the next one, you immediately processed the miss and you were on to the next shot. So hypothetically, tomorrow's NC State. They know. They know exactly who you are. They know all about it, certainly from the regular season meeting. How do you process that now for tomorrow, knowing they know as much about you as, say, somebody you haven't seen, Oklahoma, for example? Um, the mindset doesn't really change. You know, if shooting is one thing, and I would confidently say that I aggressively hunt, uh, hunt excuse me, three-point shots. Um, but like I said before, like in March, it's a different ball game. Um, like vice versa, I know what some of the players on NC State will do just like they know uh, what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to take it one possession at a time. And I'm going to do whatever it is uh, that my team needs for us to win uh, the games coming up. And whether that be three-point shooting, whether that be pull-up jump shots, um, passing, leading, it doesn't matter. But um, as a shooter, yeah, processing the first miss is really quick. You have to, you have to be mentally tough to be a really good shooter. Um, and if you, if you don't see it hit the net and you don't see it go through, the only way you're going to make the next one is if you take it. Is it helpful or, or hurtful to know that the opponent that you're going to play next, you've seen before? I mean, you just got done putting 108 on Oklahoma, and they could watch tape and they could analyze all that, but until you play somebody, you don't know. But you've already played NC State. You've already beaten NC State. Is that a good thing or a bad thing or maybe a combination of both? Um. I think it's more of a good thing because uh, you're more familiar with the team and you know what you're going to get out of them. But like, like I keep saying, like March is a completely different ball game. Like when, yeah. when that ball goes up, I mean, it's not, it's not forget the scouting report uh, or forget, you know, what you guys practiced. You're going to execute the game plan, but at the same time, you know, it's going to, it's really going to come down to who wins and who plays harder, who shows more heart. Um, and I'm confident that both teams are really going to do that. I have a lot of respect for Westmore and what he's done with that program. Um, so I would say it's a little bit of both. Yeah, you know, they might they might be more familiar with us, but at the end of the day, it's March. You know, Dara, uh, Debbie Antonelli was with us yesterday, and she talked about how it's kind of unfortunate that this is the game that NC State and Notre Dame are playing and not an Elite Eight game, if you will. Um you kind of feel like that the league has not been given its credit. I mean, I could ask you the same thing we talked to Coach Ivy about. I feel – I think the, the whole five-seed deal last week was a joke. I, I really think the committee whiffed a lot on those five seeds. And, and in some ways, this is kind of another slap at the league to have a 1-5 scenario play out in the Sweet 16 when we all know it should be maybe an Elite Eight game. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I didn't agree with some of the seedings. 
but at the end of the day, um, yeah, we're facing a really good team, but I think, you know, that's the whole point. You're just, you're just going to keep being tested. Um, and you know, the really great ones, the really great teams are always continuously tested. Um, like not saying that this is a test, but yeah, every game is a test, um, at the end of the day. And I listened to some of the stuff, uh, coach Ivy said, and she hit it spot on. Uh, like you said, Debbie too, the five, one, you know, going into the tournament, when you get a five seed, you're like, Mm, you know you're happy because you're in there and you're, you're a high seed but you always know the five seed is going to end up playing the one seed um but you know disregard disregarding all of that i'm really happy to be here i don't care who we play you know this mm. is my first sweet 16 um and i'm doing it wearing the irish uh uniform so i really couldn't be happier no matter who our opponent is all right i'm gonna we, this is our 593rd show Dara, and I'm going to ask a question I have never asked anybody ever. And I've been doing radio oh for God. 25 years. So, <laughs> all right, you ready? I, and, and it just hit me when you were talking. So here's the question. Your nails. What, what's the story with the oh nails? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy you asked. It's a Notre Dame women's basketball tradition to paint your nails Kelly Green before the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I had to I had to like throw a little something else on there because um, Niel put us on with one of the alumni, you know, that started the tradition. She took her roommate's green nail polish uh, down to the tournament when they were playing for Coach McGraw. And she was like, it's supposed to be Kelly Green. But, you know, like you guys are in the program now. You can put your own twist to it. So I threw some sparkles on top there, some Kelly Green sparkles. Um, And I love them. (laughs) <laughs> All right. By the way, I know that players can be superstitious. Did you do the same thing when this tournament started, or was this like a new look for just the NC State game tomorrow? No, it's it's you get it the Monday after the selection show. Got it. Got it. Yeah, See, I noticed that when you were talking. I'm like, you know what? There's got to be a story, and sure enough, there is. Yeah. How about that? All yes. Right. Here's here's the other thing. Um, you're from New Jersey. The regional is yes, in Bridgeport. So yes. why don't you give us the over-under on ticket numbers and requests? Every other five minutes, my mom's like, you have another ticket? Oh, I need this ticket for so-and-so. I'm like, <laughs> mom, like, you got to work with me here. Um, I would say maybe because it. keep in mind – I do live close, but it is an 1130 a.m. game. And, you know, some people that I would like to be there have kids and whatnot. Um, <laughs> but I would say, I know, right? Like, well, why do you have to have kids? We're in the Sweet 16. Um, bring the kids. Um, Takes a ticket, though. Probably, they bring the kid. They got to have a ticket, Dara. I know. Yeah. I know. A kid two and under has to have a ticket. Uh, yeah, I would say... Maybe we had like 20 people. 20? Um, Ooh, but then at NCAA, that's a big number. Yeah, I know. We have other local girls on the team, like Sonia, Olivia, Nat, um, and they, they got a boatload of people too. So we'll have a good crowd. It should be fun. I love it. All right. This is our traditional question that yeah. we've asked every student athlete that's ever appeared on this show, which is now by the hundreds. <laughs> Since you've been okay. at Notre Dame. What has been your hardest class? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's got to be the theology classes. Yeah. Hmm. That would drive me crazy. They're too. tough. Um, you know, 
they're hard. You think you know the Bible and you think you know um, Catholicism, but I promise you don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have a difficult time with it. And I, I'm Catholic, and, and I know that that would be difficult. I'm with you on that. Yeah, me too. So some look- of the questions, too, like they stump you. Like you think you know, you know, like the things you learn, um, the basic stuff growing up. Like even like I went to Catholic school, K through 8. I was stumped on some of those Ten Commandment so- questions. So, so you're telling me the old CCD stuff doesn't really come into play at all in the uh, in the theology classes at Notre Dame? Is that what you're telling me? No. Sadly, that's a, maybe that's a, a little. One. That's a tough one. Uh, hey, Dara, it. you're yeah. fantastic. It's fun watching you play. It's been great watching you guys go to work in the tournament. Wish you all the best tomorrow against NC State. Thank you guys so much for having me. You bet. You Our pleasure. Dara Mabry, Belmar, New Jersey. Three hours, by the way, from Bridgeport. Three. Can I say it again? I say it every week. Yep. The student athletes in this league are so good. Um, she doesn't know us from a man on the moon. And, <laughs> and she's cutting jokes and yep. having fun and, yep. and a terrific player and obviously a tremendous student. There and that's go. the thing that separates this league from everybody else. That's it. Uh, and MOPs to analyze basketball. We do that too here. Luke Hancock joins us next. Oh, yeah. Let's drag out the bill photo, shall we? The camo jerseys, take the trophy to the podium for the post game, all that stuff. We'll talk to Luke next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Pack, guess what? Late night again tonight. Talk about full coverage. NCAA men's and women's basketball coverage tonight, all ACC style, 12.30 or whenever the CBS Turner coverage concludes. Okay? 12.30 could be a little later. I think last night they were probably pretty close. I think they were in that neighborhood last night. Full coverage of the men's and women's cards involving the ACC on ACC Network. I could have helped them last night. You were up. I mean, they could have turned the lights on. I'd have thrown them. I'd get them five quality minutes last year. Yeah, you could have absolutely hopped in. I'll do it for them tonight if well, they're in the mood. They call. I'm not sure up. who's in charge of that program. Made but. 16 steps. I flipped the switch. And uh, presto, we're good to go. I'm going to guess that Kelsey Riggs is involved. Beyond that, I'm not quite sure. Let's check with our next guest. See He'll if know. he was involved. He'll know. Uh, 9.35, Luke Hancock. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? I appreciate you letting me sleep in this morning, too. You guys usually get me at 7.30. All right. So so were we involved last night in all ACC late night? Not last night. I was just a fan watching hoops in the best time of the year. Went and had me uh, a bourbon with a couple buddies, watch games. And uh, tonight I will be suited up and ready oh. sometime in the early wee hours of the morning. So that means uh, two bourbons tonight. <laughs> I saved my Packer and Durham coffee cup because I might need it, uh, like it. I said, in those wee hours. But usually sometimes I got it you, with me. Yeah, sometimes you need to hide the evidence. Um, by the way, how good were those games last night? I mean, obviously here on ACC we're going to talk Duke, but I, I just thought that Arkansas kind of set the tone for the night, and then lo and behold, hey, both ones go down. The Duke-Texas Tech game was out of sight. What Houston's doing, again, here they go again, just playing incredible defense. Villanova, so well coached. I mean, it was really a great night of basketball. We've had so many of those, but you're spot on. I mean, you go into that 
uh, one, two, three, and four seeds all playing from that region. Mm. And the madness just ensues. And I, I thought Gonzaga was going to really pick it up, show that, that pedigree. They were going to make it to another Final Four. And you're right. I mean, they, the night started great with Arkansas just imposing their will, making it just their style of game, really beating up Gonzaga. The Duke game was fantastic. Uh, Villanova, I mean, another championship pedigree, beaten up on Michigan. And, and you see these teams rising to the occasion in the big moment. And I think, especially in Duke's case, they've been really impressive down the stretch in some of these wins. And I think they're learning from the big moment losses, the Virginia Tech, the game at Cameron Indoor. They're learning from those games. I know they don't want to taste that that level of defeat or sit in that locker room again. It's, you know, timely losses that set you up for a tournament run. I'm, I'm not really for that. I think, you know, if you're playing great basketball this time of year, that's the best thing. But I think they learned some lessons in the last few weeks. Luke, is there something to what Duke did the last six minutes on Sunday against Michigan State and the last eight and a half last night? I mean, is, is that something that carries over or is that just – what has to happen to win the game that particular day? You know, I'm kind of in the middle on this. I know that's not a great analyst answer there, but <laughs> I really think that Duke has so many pieces to the puzzle. You're kind of waiting around to see who is going to be the guy that steps up that night. Obviously, Trevor Keels didn't have a great game, but he's been there for big moments. You know, the, the Kentucky game early sticks out to me when he just took over late game. We've seen Paolo plenty of times, A.J. Griffin, especially the second half of the season, lights out. So I, I think you can gain confidence because you, you don't know who it is. Whoever has that mismatch, you can go attack it. Uh, I thought Jeremy Roach maybe played his best game of the season, and they didn't fall in love with three balls. They got in the teeth of the defense. They got good shots. And ultimately, you have to find guys who step up in the moment when the lights are brightest and just simply knock down some shots. Some of them weren't that easy, but they, they found ways to get it done. It was impressive. Luke, before we get to the games tonight, I want to go back to Jeremy Roach. Uh, not only does he make the big three against Sparty when they were down five and he took the big shot and made it, which cut the lead to two and the rest is history. But I thought you mentioned last night, he was just fantastic down the stretch and he is going to be a pivotal piece of the equation tomorrow because Arkansas is going to test him, right? I mean, you know, the way they get after you defensively, I mean, if your point guard's a little shaky, that is the wrong crew to see. Jeremy Roach is going to have to play great tomorrow for Duke to beat Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas smells blood in the water when they see a point guard come look a little shaky with the hand or throw a pass that's a little lazy. They are going to pounce on that. But the thing is, you got to attack that pressure and you got to be able to, to drive past those guys. The teams that get on their heels, the teams that can't handle that pressure, that's when Arkansas looks really good. You've got to get downhill, attack that pressure, create fouls and create opportunities for your teammates. And I, I thought last night he was just a great floor general. I think he had five assists. He got in the paint. He was patient. I think about that last little turnaround fadeaway jumper. Mm. I mean, he got all the way to the block, turnaround jump shot, and then isolates, just takes his time, kind of wiggles a little bit, shoots the jump shot bucket. I mean, he was very patient, methodical with the way he went about it. I think Coach K and just the chess match between those two coaches was so much fun to watch. The switching defense the way they got the opportunities on the offensive end. I mean, I'm a basketball junkie. You guys know that, but that game was, was electric. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's, it proves too, that you can change your, you know, change your stripes a little bit, right? I mean, you go zone, you find something 
and, and the, my, I referenced this in, earlier in the show, Mike DeCourcy wrote an article in Sporting News last night after the game about Duke actually had zone on the scouting report. It was like zone if necessary. And that's what it took last night was the if necessary portion of the game. Uh, I want to move to tonight. Uh, man, I really like Miami against Iowa State. And I know they Cyclones have had a really nice year. They grind a little bit. They are that Big 12 team, if you will. But there is something about your man Laranega in this environment right now. I mean, what he did last Sunday was a demolition job on Auburn from a from a preparation standpoint, and he has the guys to execute it. Yeah, we we should be screaming from the rooftops about the job that Coach L did in that second half against Auburn. I mean, talk about a coaching clinic. You think about Walker Kessler and and Jabari, the number one projected number one pick in the draft, all that length and athleticism. And he absolutely carved them to pieces with that four-guard lineup. And you know, Sam Wardenberg, I've said this before, he jumps as high as I do right now. Which I'll just, <laughs> it's not very high. Uh, but he finds ways to get it done. And those other guys, those guards that rebound like that, you know, you got to scheme your way around that thin front court. And they know they're going to give up some offensive rebounds. They know they're going to be hampered on the boards. They make it up with turnovers, especially those live ball turnovers with those just pesky guards. They get out and create the easy opportunities. They're going to need that against Iowa State. I think they have to continue to – you don't have a choice, right? you got to continue to pack it in a little bit, just mm-hmm. protect the paint. But you, you focus in on a couple key shooters for Iowa State and you match their physicality with those guards. And I think we're going to see another coaching clinic from Coach Laranega. All right, let's go uh, Blue Bloods. North Carolina, UCLA. Is this game, Luke, as simple as the pace? Do we play this game in the 80s? Do we play this game in the 60s? I mean, is it – that's simple, or is there more to it? Oh, I think there's more to it. There's a lot of matchups that are a lot of fun to check out. But if you're Carolina, I, I think you've got to establish Armando. When they've played their best basketball, throw the big fella the ball. If he's not doubled, he's going to go one-on-one. If he is doubled, Brady Mannix got to play well. You know, I, I think back to the ACC tournament, UNC really struggled against Virginia Tech and looked dejected. You know, they didn't look like themselves in that game. Because Brady Manick wasn't in rhythm, they didn't. He took some tough shots early. They didn't establish Armando Baycott. I think they've learned their lesson. We got to get the big fella the ball to initiate our offense, and Brady Manick is the biggest benefactor of that because Armando more double doubles than anybody in UNC history. You guys know that. If my man's getting doubled, shooters on the perimeter, I would be standing there, hands up, just screaming for the ball. And when he's knocking down shots, it just opens things up. Uh, on the other side, they want a rock fight. You got to knock down some shots and, and get them out of the the kind of packed in defense in the half court. All right, Luke, I want to go back to the doubling of Baycott. Okay, Cody Riley, I got that part. If Jaime Jaquez is not 100%, they don't have a chance on the double because they really play three and a half guards. I mean, Jaquez is like another guard anyway, and you roll him in with Bernard and Juzang and Tiger Campbell. Who's the other guy to double? How does that work? I get the Riley part, but who's the other guy in the double? You might have to send some guards at him. You know, uh, UNC doesn't have five guys that can all shoot the basketball. Leakey's made shots, don't get me wrong. But if you have to send a guard to double, make him uncomfortable, especially most of those doubles by guards, they come after the big puts it on the ground. So sometimes mm-hmm. double teams come. As soon as he catches the ball, you scheme your way into, all right, we're going to wait and let him look. As soon as he takes that one dribble, a guard can get in there because obviously the ball is low. Uh, on the floor when he's dribbling. So I think you can scheme your way around some of that stuff because UNC doesn't have five shooters on the perimeter, Mm. but they've been smart about 
playing a two-man game with Brady Manick, who can really shoot the ball and is an underrated passer. If he hits cutters or gets these guys with long closeouts, UNC can really drive to the basket, finish. And if it's me, I'm finding every way possible to get Caleb Love to the rim, easy shots early, let him see a couple go in. If he gets hot, UNC should roll. Luke, uh, BPI has uh, UCLA as a 69% uh, W here. Um, <laughs> do you get a sense? The What's ACC... up, guys? Yeah, well, those guys. What, why do we got to keep doing this? The, the, I, what, can we get some love for the ACC around? I mean, what is happening? We got, we got three in. Is it going to take three out of four Final Four teams? I mean, is that where we got to get to wow. for the ACC to get some love around? And throwing <laughs> papers, Wake Forest is over there like, we told you so. And it's just craziness that we can't get any respect. I don't understand well, it. Oh, that's where I was going to go with you. The, 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 last year, the Pac-12 put three in the Elite Eight. Do you get a sense the ACC is going to do that tonight? I do. I th- I like that. I would reverse those percentages myself. I think these are favorable matchups. You got the 10-11 game. I think Miami gets it done there. Duke championship pedigree. I think they're going to rise to the occasion and, and battle with the, the physicality of Arkansas. And then this blue blood matchup, which I'm still just totally shocked that they have only met three times in the tournament with all that tradition and legacy. But I, I like the matchups. And if ha- Jaime Hawkins doesn't play, you definitely got to favor UNC in this game because he is – he's the heart – this this gets used all the time in basketball. You guys know the, the heart and soul of the team or, he, you know, he he drives the bus for those guys. That is Jaime Hawkins to a T. I mean, he is all about – UCLA, what they try and do on both ends of the floor, play so hard, great player. If he doesn't play, it's just going to throw the whole dynamic off for UCLA. All right, real quick, uh, tea time today. How are we doing on that? We got a, we got a peg in the <laughs> ground today, tomorrow. What are we doing? You know, I, I got E. Wood out a couple days ago. We got a round in, uh, Mr. Wood. Eric Wood. Yeah. But uh, we it, it's a little cold this weekend here oh. in Kentucky, so oh. I, I think I'm, I think I'm oh. watching hoops. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's the wrong answer for this show. That is a wrong answer, in fact. You know, if I wanted soft, I'd watch West Coast basketball. Oh, I knew it. Yeah, there we go. I need I need shorts, I need a cold drink, and I need sunshine. I, those right. are my, my things. Okay. Yeah. Anybody can hit it good when it's nice and that's hot That's it. Got to be able to play in the wind and the rain. Learn how to play when it gets a little, little, little conditions. That's when you learn how to play. All right, Hancock, you're the man. Appreciate it. Hey, help the market a little bit, will you? Please? Yeah, let's, let's work on the market yeah, this morning. that's what we need. There we go. Pray for some of that, boys. I like it. Thanks, guys. (laughs) See you soon, Luke. You bet. He'll be a part of the All-ACC after dark tonight, about 1230, right here on ACC Network. This morning. Yeah, this coming Saturday morning. That's it. Yeah, once we go to the new day on the calendar. 1230. Yeah. This morning. Saturday. Yes, that's it. Right. Uh, When we come back, a couple of on this dates. Ooh. My God, 4-4 right there. DT. Always good to see Mark Moeller in the highlights, too, wearing the warm-up jacket. Oh, we got a little ABA action on this date coming up next. Packer and Durham wraps up a Friday next. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham, final segment of what has been a very enjoyable week. Yeah, very nice. A lot to talk about. And we're not done. Great guest today, Jay Billis, C.L. Brown. Dara Mabry, fantastic. Really good. Got to have her back. She's great. Luke Hancock as well. Uh, let's do the on this date before we do the weekend menu, okay? Oh, man, I got Bojangles on the brain. I know. The boys went their biscuit. I no want to do the on this date first, though. On this date, 1974, Greensboro Coliseum. 
Oh, we're going to do Georgia Tech, 1990. What happened in Greensboro? Well, I'll tell you that in a minute. This is McNichols Sports Arena, Georgia Tech, in its first Final Four game. They defeated Minnesota 93-91 to to advance to their first Final Four. Bobby Crimmins with Lethal Weapon 3, right? They were fun. Yeah, they were. Problem was, what was awaiting? Vegas at McNichols Sports Arena. Yeah, that was a problem. Now 74, Greensboro Coliseum Complex. What do you say we party at the uh, Albert Pick? Yep, that's what we'll do. We'll go out there on old 40 and get at the Albert Pick. There's the great Phil Spence as David Thompson swats Bo Ellis' shot to – uh, uh, Colfax, North Carolina. Boy, I remember that night. Yep. Al McGuire on the other end. I sat on the front row of the upper deck in the Greensboro Coliseum that night. Watched DT and the boys, the Wolfpack. Quite a celebration there in Raleigh, NC. It was. Yep. That was a special team. At the Albert Pick, they really had a big time, too. Oh, and they, when did they not? <laughs> the old Albert Pick. You Wolfpack fans of yesteryear will know exactly what I'm talking the airport. about. Norman, Can't miss it. Norman came right down the staircase every night to celebrate, greet his army of folks, right? Good times for NC State. Really good times. Uh, Football was really good. Basketball was really good. Baseball, Coach Espo goes over and coaches baseball. All right, uh, here we go. Bojangles, weekend menu. Packers been calling for this. Dogs are ready to go. Biscuit, no butter. Coming up. Uh, softball today, 5 o'clock, Syracuse, Georgia Tech from Atlanta. 7 o'clock, we'll send you to Tallahassee for baseball, Duke and Florida State. And then look at tomorrow. Starting at 1, Notre Dame, Virginia. We've been telling you about that. Then how about Bellarmine visits Chapel Hill for more lacrosse at 3. Then softball at 5, Louisville and Clemson, followed by Georgia Tech, NC State, the nightcap. And then Sunday, noon, you get more softball. Triple header of it. Louisville, Clemson. Syracuse, Georgia Tech, and State Carolina. Goodness. Noon, 2, and 4 on Sunday. That's the Bojangles weekend menu for all of it right here on ACC Network. Great. I said this week, it's a great time of the year. Basketball is awesome. Mm -hmm. You really start getting down to the best teams. Baseball is going on. Softball is going on. Fencing national championships are happening. Got great lacrosse. Notre Dame is uh, Amanda Perkowski friend of the show i think we can say that yeah. right amanda perkowski two-timer two-time friend of the show is uh competing notre dame is uh is not leading they in the epi they got amanda is sixth in the epi mm. so gotta pick it up yeah we gotta get her gotta get that squared away trying to go back to back well, like uh, virginia swimming and diving we're gonna highlight all that by the way monday on this program the best and worst of the weekend will be very applicable on, uh, on Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Who knows, man? We could be coming in here Monday. <laughs> so outside of St. Peter's, be... who do you like tonight? I want them out. I told you if you haven't heard. I want Purdue to beat them by about 35. Seriously. Just, hey, it's been cute. Got to go. Okay. Uh, but there is a chance that we could come walking in here Monday. Oh, my goodness. With the ultimate ACC Final Four of three of the four, and a preview of Duke against Carolina for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. That could very well be a topic on Monday. Knock on wood. Now, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? If Duke Carolina is playing in the Final Four a week from Saturday when we arrive here Monday morning at 7 a.m., I'll be really concerned about Brian Ives, our producer. 
Well, I don't know why you would be concerned. I mean, I, I think that any ACC fan would love to see three I, in the Final Four. No question about that. If we get Duke, Carolina, and Miami, you will have things to say, I think. Well, I, t- I told you this week that if that happens, the SEC Network's going to just fade to black. They're going to show highlights of uh, spring football games from yesteryear. How many t- Big Ten Network's going to go, hey, here's the best of Ohio State-Michigan football. I mean, if the league goes three for four in the Final Four – after what everybody's been ragging on the league all year long, I mean, you talking about? I, I say it all the time. You want to change the narrative? Just win. Changes everything. Uh, they can change all the time. We may come in here Monday with nobody in the final four. That's true too. I mean, because so I promise you, you, in twenty four hours it can switch. Yeah, you have no idea how this thing's going to play. That's out. it. I, I said that going into the weekend. You, this is when it, the fast round, the speed round of elimination occurs. That's why I like the big boys. Arizona playing. Gonzaga, they were shown the door last night. Uh, great week here. Thanks to Brian Ives, Drew Brooks, Lisa Friday on a Monday. Monday on a Friday. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for a great week, everybody. Stay safe this weekend. We'll see you on the first tee at Tobacco Road tomorrow. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.